When a manufacturer puts a game in a box, that is the moment in which the game no longer belongs to them. It now belongs to us, the customer. Okay, when you ship something out into the world, the manufacturer, the designer, the coder, the artist, they are saying to us that they feel this game is good enough to give to people and we can take people's hard-earned money and give them this product, this entertainment device known as pinball. And so what I want to do on episode 363 of Canada's Pinball Podcast is I want to read some of your early reviews of Willy Wonka Pinball Machine. This is coming from you, the customer, from you, the pinball fan, not from Canada. You know how I felt about the game when I hopped on the game early, but here's what I will do. After I read some of your feedback, I want to give you my feedback and where I'm at at the end of June 2019 on Willy Wonka Pinball. How does that sound? All right, so one of the most... Uh, popular reviews right now is coming from Delt31 on Pinside. And he writes, I played a ton of Wonka today by myself, loud music. It was very close to a home use experience. He played it at Helicon Brewery. He says, my biggest concern with this game was not how it shot, but the music effects and lack of JJP stuff and integration. After spending hours playing it and really taking everything in, I definitely have a position on this game, and it's not good. Very disappointed. Just one man's opinion, so play it yourself, but I thought I would summarize my experience, and here's what he says. First, the good stuff. Shots. Butter. Expect it, but definitely necessary to call out. It's a smooth shooter with clear shots that are visible right away to the player. I will say that my previous butter champion dialed in still has it over this game, and that's primarily due to the layout of Wonka. For me, who is not very good at pinball, I could sit there all day and hit those ramps on Wonka. Ramp, the right ramp is so wide, it's a joke to hit, while the left ramp is still very easy. They just aren't very satisfying. The top right flipper is also very easy to hit uh, that top ramp while the top left flipper feels the best when you hit the ball to the spinner on the top right, which is the hardest shot in the game in my honest opinion, but also the best shot of the game. Surprisingly, the gobstopper shot was frustrating because I had many uh, times uh, where the ball would bounce out of the hole. I will also say that although ramps are easy, it's super outlane drain friendly, which at times felt cheap and reminded me of how Pat wanted this to be quick ball times and a good on route pin. Again, I'm not very good and at all and I dropped some major coin during my gameplay. He says assets. Yes, many are worried about not enough speech or video. Maybe it's the new code, but the game definitely has enough video and speech that I didn't walk away saying there was a major gap. Now, how they use it is another story, but to say JJP didn't pack in real audio and video just wouldn't be accurate. Okay, now the negatives. <laughs> it's funny that he says now the negatives because he, he had many negatives in his positives as well, right? I mean, okay, he says, by far, the biggest issue with this game for me is the music and sound, including the narrator. Holy S-H-I-T. JJP can update the code and in 
add in four more toys integrated so you literally are in the movie, but if they don't fix the music and sound, I would still pass on this game. This has to be the most annoying game to play I've ever tried, ever. It sounds like other areas of the game. As I was hitting them, I said to myself, oh my God, just shut the F up machine. It's that bad. It takes you out of the experience. It's painful. I sensed it the first time I played it and thought, wow, it's even worse than I thought, and it only got worse. The narrator is absolutely positively the worst I've ever heard as well. It really pulls you out because it's so bad. I can't think of any other machine I've played that even comes close to having such a negative impact on my experience. Integration. Yes, JJP has the video. Yes, they have the audio speech, but it's all over the place. They just put in random clips here and there, and it seems like it's been put together by an amateur versus what we expect from JJP, which is everything is in sync, like video and audio matching gameplay. This game tries to bring you into the world of Wonka, but it's so mashed up, and the video is just that with no speech of the characters. It's very jarring and really takes away from the impact. Everything just feels like it's being thrown at you. You don't really appreciate it because of that. I know they intended it to be like um, that versus the modes progression, but man, it really takes away from the feeling like you're playing through a story and more like Wonka in chaos. They also seem to completely forget about the dark part of Wonka and just focus on the happy-go-lucky, oversaturated world so you feel like the game is familiar in one sense, but completely lacking in another. Wow, Delt. I mean, I, I, I appreciate the in-depth review. He also goes on to talk about innovation. He says, I stood over Wonka, then I looked to the right where Pirates of the Caribbean and Dialed In stood, and the first thing I thought was JJP was able to build this game and deliver as expected because the game is definitely different than his others. The game is comparatively, speaking to his other titles, so much more simple. It's staggering. As a result, this is the first game from JJP that doesn't feel special. It's by no means a stern pro, but there is something lacking. The Gobstopper toy is a major disappointment to me in person considering it just doesn't look good and the mech is just so who cares. The Wonka video in the back right doesn't look nice either, not visually appealing. And although it shows you some text, the entire WonkaVision camera trick just wasn't impressive in the slightest. The game really has nothing else that even comes close to magic. This is another area I was ready to be disappointed about based on online videos, but it was even worse in person. Art is extremely generic. Also, where are the magnets that affect gameplay? Yes, it stops the ball for the flipper, but there is no craziness in ball action. Lighting. I'm still scratching my head trying to understand how some people could even compare this game to Waz. Really? The little LEDs that are new to pinball are just that little lights and they did nothing for me in fact the game seems to be either full seizure mode with all the lights on or just standard but there isn't that elegant waz look where it ties to the lcd like toto escaping i was really disappointed in this area too it took away from the magical feeling this includes the oompa loompa multi-ball which was just pure seizure mode with no finesse to it 
By the way, there was what appears to be an extra clear on the mylar around the slings. He says, overall, games like Dialed In, which I was disappointed in upon reveal, was a totally different story after getting my hands on it. This game, unfortunately, is actually worse than I even thought, mainly due to the sound, music issues, and it feels just like super watered-down version of what I expect from JJP. It just wasn't special, and for the first time, didn't have that wow JJP feeling after the first play. All right. Well, look, that was Delt 31's review. Let me read a few more things people are saying about this game, all right? There's one thing that someone said here. Um, so this is from user CJMJMM2006 or 2006. He says, thanks for the assessment, Delt. I will add a few things and see what your thoughts are. First, I agree 100%. Aside from the magnet stopping the ball, I didn't see any action anywhere else on the field that showed reaction to the magnet. Second, I was not really able to drain out the side of the game. I'm not sure why. Luck, maybe. Game seemed set too easy as far as draining on the outlines. Finally, I tend not to value the sound video on these games until we are at the end, so I am hopeful this game will get its time in the limelight. Either way, in its current form, you are correct. All right. So, wow. That's not good. That's not good. Let's see what else someone says. Um... So this is from Jeffro01. Not so great early reviews. Then again, I tend to be the kind of person who likes cheesy audio and all of that. So having only played it a few times uh, where you really couldn't hear much of anything, I'm still extremely on the fence. It would be nice if JJP would hurry up and at least tell us what the full CE package playfield was going to look like. Yeah, where is that? All right. There There was one thing, though, that someone said that I just want to read to. Uh, let's see. I'm going down the list here. Okay. Here. This is the one. And I think this sort of hit the nail on the head. And then I'm going to read you a, some feedback about this from my master who sent me an email. And then I'm going to give you my opinion because I know you listen to this show to hear what Kenyatta thinks about all this. But this person wrote something that I think really, really is what's been on my mind. And here is what it says. And this is from Amuse to Death. And he writes... What blows my mind is that Wonka is a musical and you wouldn't know it by playing this machine. Am I the only one scratching his or her noggin trying to figure out why I can see Veruca Salt singing, I want it now, but I can't hear her? Wow. Wow. I think that is something that is really poignant and I think it's sort of the perfect way to capture what I've been worried about with this game since I first played it and was hoping to see the code advance, but I'm going to talk more about that. I want to read something that I got from my master. Now, I'm not going to go into my crazy master voice, but I want to read you what he wrote me. And my master sends me long, long emails that I can't read the whole thing. All right, but I want to read part of what he's saying here. And what he's doing is he's comparing two Pat Lawler games. And he's comparing Pat Lawler's The Adams Family to Willy Wonka. And I want to jump in at a point in his note to me and read you his thoughts on his feelings of Willy Wonka. All right. He said, Jack will blame something else on Wonka's failures. You know, like the license, 
kid, not brat. Willy Wonka just wasn't a popular enough theme. It didn't have enough fans in the hobby. Blah, blah, blah. Nope. The game was badly designed and without enough toys and the code is weak. Jack will not see anything but what he wants to see. All right, the Adams Family. Are there really any diehard Adams Family fans out there? I would say no. We all knew the show from reruns when we were kids, but there aren't the Adams Family fans like Star Wars or Harry Potter fans. The Adams Family pinball is the perfect example of how to handle a licensed theme. Nobody bought the game because they loved the Adams Family. They bought it because they liked the Adams Family and the game effing delivered. It has three or four really fun little toys mechs in the game. The fact that you knew the theme combined with the fact that you loved the gameplay meant that it was a crazy seller. It's got five pop bumpers, dude. It was well-integrated pinball masterpiece. The toys coincide with the parts in the movie. The greed book on the bookshelf revealing a hidden passageway. Thing popping out and grabbing the ball. I mean, it just made some simple and fun connections between the movie and the pinball machine. This is why Ghostbusters was such a big seller. There is Slimer. Try to hit him. There is a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Ecto Goggles. They nailed it with that one in regards to theme. The flipper width and light and tight shots killed it in the long run. But Ghostbusters is a masterpiece too. Wonka. The everlasting gobstopper spins. Why? It doesn't spin in the movie. It comes out on a little conveyor belt. How about the Wonkavator? In the movie, uh, it shoots out of the ceiling of the factory. What does it do in the game? Nothing. Because it doesn't even look or function like the Wonkavator. You put balls into it? Why? What else is there that connects the two worlds, pinball and the movie? Nothing. It is literally that simple. Just make the game do a thing or two that the movie does. Imagine if the game had a tiny conveyor belt. Half of it had everlasting gobstoppers and the other half was empty. When the game starts, it sits empty. As you hit each shot to qualify the mode, the conveyor moves a step and a gobstopper appears to come out of the machine. You put out five gobstoppers and you finish the mode. Then the conveyor turns on and the candies roll off of it. It is then reset for the next time you use that mode and make the machine and make the machine look like the machine. How hard would that have been to do? Oh my god, so effing easy and cheaper than the current toy. And it would feel like the damn game is making everlasting gobstoppers. They don't even need to be big. They can be the size of a pencil rate, the size of a pencil eraser, and the scale of the machine would have made that seem perfect. Instead, we got this, and there's a picture of the game. And the Wonkavator is the same thing. It does not look at all like the movie machine. It doesn't function like it does in the movie. They could have literally just had the machine shake, then a graphic appear on the screen showing it shooting upwards, and then there is a little hole on the top of the machine. A solenoid fires and a tiny wonkivator, the same size as the screen wonkivator, 
goes out and then rotates in a circle. So I want to stop right there. How awesome would that have been if the Wonkivator shot up through the machine, like it was breaking through the entire back box of the game and it popped up? How incredible would that have been? Anyway, he then goes on to write, that is such an easy mech. One solenoid and a motor to spin it. Instead, we have a much more complicated mech that costs a lot more and doesn't even function like the one in the movie. And the code makes it nearly impossible to even use. Can you imagine the thing hand in the Adams family was that hard to get to? It would suck because you would never see it. Why does Jack keep doing this? This is why Stern games sell and JJPs don't. Deadpool's sword is a ramp. Star Wars long ramp shot balls into the Death Star. It's no the Adams family, but at least the mechs have some semblance of a connection to the IP. The Hobbit has four enemy faces that pop up. What if there were just three pop-ups and they were the trolls? What if instead of that stupid spinning map on Pirates of the Caribbean, it was Jack's compass and it pointed to the shots you needed to make? What if you were Charlie and you just had to get Wonka bars to unwrap them instead of you are collecting at all five? I could go on and on here. All right. So look, I'm going to stop there because I think you get the point. I think you get the point of, of what some people are saying about the game and the experience and expectations and what, you know, yada, yada, yada. There's a lot here. And I could go on and on and on. I could read more and more reviews. And I've watched many, many streams over the last week because the game is now out there. Now, we're about 18 minutes into this podcast and you're like, Chris, what are you doing? This podcast has been nothing but you reading other people's opinions about Willy Wonka and so you're reading negative stuff and it's easy to take the negative, but where's the positive? And I look, there are some people who are playing the game and saying they're enjoying it and they, and they like it. Uh, and, you know, out of all the people in the world, out of all the people in the world, uh, you are the one who got everyone excited. You were the one that hyped everyone saying this was pinball magic, that it was going to blow people away, that it was a game changer. How are you feeling right now after you read these reviews? Is all of your credibility lost? And I want to talk candidly right now. And I know you listen to this podcast because this is what I do. I, I, I don't hold back. I don't, I don't keep how I feel from you. And I don't really care if what I say is unpopular. I don't really care if I change my mind on a game. I don't. And I read some people out there on Pinside saying, well, a certain podcaster who was gushing about this game is now like, am I not allowed to change my mind? Do you want to live in a world in which you are just only allowed to, 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 to say something and feel something and then you're not allowed to like change the way you feel about something? Now look, we all know in pinball, it's a unique thing because games evolve, code evolves, but if there's one thing that doesn't change on a pinball game other than the artwork, it's the shot geometry. So I still think this is one of the best shooting pinball machines I've shot. And I do think the shot geometry is amazing. And I think Pat Lawler is a genius at shot layout. I do. And I think this game is buttery smooth. Uh, I think this game is going to be very appealing to shoot for a lot of people. Uh, because it's if, if you're new to pinball or you just like flipping pinball games and you're not great at pinball, I think this game is very satisfying and rewarding to flip. And I say this coming from Batman 66, which uh, is a clunk fest in comparison to Wonka. And when I, re when I jumped on this game at the very beginning, uh, it was all about gameplay. You know, I, I mean, I could hear the music and this and that, but for the most part, the thing that you're most focused on when you first play a pinball machine uh, is the gameplay.
And also when I played the game for the first time, I was told the code was like 0.40. So my whole thing was, well, look, I'm happy with the way the game shoots. And I thought that the movie would come to life way more in the code as, you know, the weeks and the months progressed. Okay? I think it's it, 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 I think it's fair to say uh, that, you know, I've changed my opinion on this game. And I, I'm, I want to be honest. I want to be honest about where I'm at because I just watched all the streams. I've seen all the stuff. I'm reading the reviews from people. And these people are starting to hit what's been bugging me for the last few weeks on the game. And it, it comes down to one simple thing. One very simple thing. If you love Willy Wonka and you wanted to see the movie that you love come to life in the game that you are playing, I just don't see it. I, I, I don't see how, as that person said, the musical, the, the heart, the soul, the things about the film that we absolutely love, the iconic scenes, it's not there. And I, I know that's not going to make people happy to hear that, but I, I don't know what to say at this point. How many streams do we have to watch in which we see the video of, of, of these characters that we loved pop up on screen with no callouts, with no audio synced up to their visuals? It, it just feels like Delt said it, it's all mashed together. It's all sort of put into a blender. It sort of feels like it's a pinball machine inspired by the world of Willy Wonka, but it doesn't feel like I'm playing the Wonka movie, even though it is based on the Wonka movie. And so I'm just at a sort of at a loss of words on how this happened. And it had to have been they don't have the rights to actually use the movie clips with the voices of the actors. And that had to have been a money decision because you can buy the rights to those things. It just cost money. And so somewhere along the lines, the decision was made that we were going to go with this level of assets. We were going to invest this much and that would be enough to make Willy Wonka pinball. And it's kind of scaring me that this is like where things are at right now with the theme integration with these Jersey Jack games. I mean, how do you make a game? And you see, the problem is with Jack, and again, I'm just saying this, the problem is we the games we're comparing this to were previous Jersey Jack machines. So not just from a mechanical standpoint where Waz and you know Hobbit and Dialed In and Pirates of the Caribbean were just loaded mechanically, but the real issue for me is look at The Wizard of Oz. They, they had the right assets to make that game come to life. Same thing with The Hobbit. Now, Pirates of the Caribbean is an interesting one because you could easily say, well, what about Pirates, Chris? Like that, they, they don't have any of the assets. Yes, but here's what Pirates, I think, did masterfully. They, because they didn't have any of, of the use of the video, it's not as frustrating because you don't see the clips from the movie without their voices. So they found a workaround and they, they, they went all in on that workaround and that to, to overcompensate for those lack of assets, what they did was they, they focused heavily on the music 
and on the callouts. And the narrator of Pirates of the Caribbean, for the most part, saves that game. It's he saves it. It's done so well. And and David's music in Pirates of the Caribbean combined with the narrator actually like almost right it it does it saves the game and i think willy wonka it's like it's lost it's like in this in-between space it doesn't know which direction it wants to go in it's like halfway there and that's the challenging thing for me to like wrap my head around right now is it does feel like when they just didn't know which direction to go with the game it's like you you know because the old saying, out of sight, out of mind, right? Because Pirates of the Caribbean doesn't have like all these Johnny Depp clips. You're not missing the funny punchlines from those clips. But when you show me Veruca Salt and you show me all the kids from the game and you show me them in all those rooms, but then I don't hear it, it's like it has the reverse effect. It's like it's insight, so I can't get it out of mind what I want to hear during those scenes and it, it, it it's just it's a huge issue and not to mention everything my master was saying about how the mechs in the game don't really reflect or connect to the way those things are portrayed in the movie and I have to agree with him I have to agree I mean the stuff is cool I mean don't get me wrong I think what they were going for they really were going for uh, for location play that you would stand over that game and it looks like Willy Wonka. I mean, th- those are Willy Wonka things, you, you know, the big gobstopper spinning and it's very attractive to walk up to that machine because of those things. And I also disagree with Delp. I do think the Wonka vision looks really awesome back there. I-, I-, I think the game visually when you stand over it is very fun to stand over. And I I, I would happily take the game as it is with those mechs. I don't have the biggest issue because I do love shooting the game. My biggest issue is that none of what I love from the movie seems to be connected and synced up with the experience of the game itself. And everything from the narrator, which people are talking about being jarringly bad, to the music being you know, like a slot machine repetitively bad, there's just something that's just, it's just not coming together. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean you never listen to Canada's Pinball Podcast again because the guy who hyped the machine, who, who, who like, who's pimping out the machine at the beginning is now saying these things about the game? I want to say that I don't ever not want to be excited about a pinball machine. And that this game, again, it, 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 it just kept going in a direction that was, I feel like, the wrong direction because I just feel like they need it to approach the integration differently and I'm, it's more about the code to me than anything else it's more about the code than anything else so what what does that mean what does that mean now do I think Willy Wonka sales are gonna hurt by this do I think they're not gonna sell the collector's editions let me say this about the collector's edition and as I'm watching people unbox their standard edition games and brag about being the first to have it on the block let me tell Let me tell something to everyone out there, and I'll use a metaphor, and this is real simple metaphor. The people who buy first-class tickets get on the plane first. All right, let me repeat that to everyone at Jersey Jack Marketing. The people who buy the most expensive tickets are the first ones on the plane. There's a reason for that. It's the same in pinball. You wanna be sitting there in the front You've already been on board. You've been served your drink. You, you've relaxed. 
Everyone who buys a cheaper version has to walk past you knowing that you got it first. That is how you need to sell collector's edition games. The fact that he wants to sell 500 of them now all the way in the fall is never going to work. If he had offered the first 500 games or collector's editions, he would have sold every single one. They would have sold. I would have one in my house today. It's just that simple. And the other thing you don't want to do is give people too much time to rethink their decision. Because the joy of having the toy, the unnecessary pinball toy first, will override people's scrutiny of all the things we've been talking about on this podcast. They would. People would be like, you know what, I'll get it, I'll see if I like it, I'll make up my mind then. But they would just be so happy to get a new pinball machine from Jersey Jack and they would have bought all 500. Now, if, if the reviews are not great, if people are not feeling it, and the LEs are out there and people are selling used LEs, no way, no way. Okay, so here's what I think overall has happened. I think Jersey Jack has done you know, a smart thing by making a game that they can make quickly, that they could get into production and get out into the world. You know, Jack must must look at, you know, he's putting all this effort into the other games and, and you know, production's a problem. Stern's making all this money which with a much simpler approach. On some level, Jack had to, had to scale back a bit, lose some of the complexity and get games out into the world. They wouldn't survive otherwise. And you can't have it both ways. You can't want Jersey Jack to continue to try and put everything in the kitchen sink in a game and then watch the company go out of business because that level of complexity and that level of cost was just bankrupting the company. It was, it, it, And then Stern, complete opposite, keeps removing stuff and charging more and people are buying. You know, Jack had to have seen uh, that the writing on the wall was there and he had to make a game that was easier to make, would have less issues, and he could get on the line quicker. And it's there. So that's a good move. Uh, you know, the game itself shoots amazingly well. The game itself, I don't have a huge issue with the art package. I will say this. I will say this. Pat Lawler's control over there and Pat Lawler's power is hurting the company. Is hurting the company. The reason why the art package on the standard editions is just the is just the logo with nothing else is all because of Pat Lawler. The reason why the games have all the part numbers on everything is because of Pat Lawler. I mean I mean look, he's an incredible designer, but he has too much control when it comes to some of those decisions and it's hurting the company. Hurting the company. Hurting the company. And 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 I don't know what else to say other than that. And it just it it just feels like over at JJP, there's just like a tug of war of power between the investors, between Jack, between Pat Lawler. Having the design team in Chicago while Jack and everyone else is in New Jersey is a terrible decision. It's a terrible decision. You need to make these games all in one location. I am not surprised this game feels like a mashup. I'm not surprised it doesn't feel synchronized because the company is not synchronized. The company is not all in one place. You can't have your designers off in another state while you're in the, in the, in the other factory, New Jersey, and, and you're not walking the hallways together. You're not having conversations. You're not building the game 
together. You're building it in a silo and then you're bringing it to New Jersey. And a lot of the conversations about, you know, how are we going to progress the game? I feel like they're not happening synchronized as, as much as they should. You know, every other pinball manufacturer, all of it happens in one location. All of it. Deeper in one location. American Pinball, one location. Stern Pinball, one location. Jersey Jack, why? Why? Jack is paying these people. The investors are paying these people. If you want to work for Jersey Jack Pinball, your ass needs to be in New Jersey. I'm sorry. That's just the reality of how it should be to make a more cohesive game. The people have to be more cohesive on this. Ugh. All right, well, look, the reviews are not great. You know, I got friends who are in a wonk. You know, they're telling me, Chris, wait, don't say anything. You know, wait, 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 wait. How long do we have to wait to give our opinions about these pinball machines? You know, I'm not going to wait. And you know, if I want to change my opinion, I will. If I want to ramble on about how, like, I don't feel the same level of love as I used to, so what? I'll tell you it. Because here's the other thing I want all of you to remember. I don't really make money doing this podcast. I'm not in this with some agenda to hype up any company. I want to see great pinball machines. I want to see pinball magic. I don't care who it comes from. I don't care. I still think the greatest pinball magic that we've seen in the last 10 years is the Big Lebowski by far. I would rather own a Big Lebowski than anything else out there on the market. That game runs circles around everything else I've seen in pinball in the last 10 years. Circles around it in terms of theme integration, in terms of toys, in terms of wow factor, in terms of art. The game is awesome. The game is like, that is what pinball needs to be more of. That. That. And you look what happened to that, right? I think most pinball games that have come out have not been magical, have missed the mark, have something about it that just makes you say, eh. And the bottom line, six thousand to twelve thousand five hundred dollars for a non-essential toy you want this thing to be magical i see you guys buying these games left and right buying them before you play them some of you out there have like sweetheart deals with distributors where you get le's for like eight hundred dollars off street price yes yeah, stern your distributors are selling games to a lot of people below cost which sucks because you know what that allows those people to do is like they can sell it to them those people open the game, they play them, and then they can sell their LE and actually make money on it because they got a discount, which they're not supposed to do. Anyway, look, little dirty secret there in pinball. But here's the thing. Most of you go, you guys are buying these games left and right, and you're, you want that pinball magic. And there's very, 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 very few games that have stood the test of time. And if you were to ask me, the test of time of whether or not a pinball machine is great or not is after the code is done is after everything is said and done and the game is like considered to be finished, do you want to own it, you know, for six months or longer? Or do you want to get rid of it? Are you tired of it? Is it boring? Is it shallow? Are the shots not satisfying? Is the art terrible? It's a hard, it's a hard hobby to hit right. It's a hard industry to, to make magic, you know, and, and there's so many available games. That's the other part that just is always on my mind as I think about this hobby. With all the options out there, you know, don't don't fall victim to like Gary Stern's like point of view. Buy what's available now. Don't wait. Don't he doesn't want you to look back. He doesn't want you to look forward. He doesn't want you to look at Valley Williams games. He does not want you to look anywhere else but the Stern game that he's trying to sell today. That is a salesman. He doesn't want you to look elsewhere because he knows 
if you look elsewhere, you'll find a more magical game for less money that is more rewarding than the current game he's trying to sell you. And that is where pinball is at. Tons of new games needing new buyers. But why do you need to own all these games? Why do you need to like always run to the next thing? And the next thing might not be better than the previous thing. And that is how I want to close this podcast. And I think that is what frustrates people about Willy Wonka is we expect pinball games to be like 911 Porsches. We expect every new version of the car to be an improvement and enhancement upon the previous model. So when Willy Wonka comes out, people are fully expecting it to be better than Pirates, better than Waz, better than Hobbit, and, and, and better than Dialed In. They're expecting it to be everything Jersey Jack has learned so far and more, and to push that envelope. And I think a lot of you are looking at the game saying, you know what, this isn't, this isn't an improvement upon where we've been. It's just a simpler approach to a Jersey Jack game. So for a lot of you, that is why you're walking away, I think, feeling somewhat disappointed because it doesn't feel like the next step forward. It feels more like the safest step forward. And this is what they needed to, to, to do to survive. And that is all we ever want. We just want games to keep getting better and better and better and see new stuff. And to just look down at these games and feel like the designers dreamed and innovated something magical and put it into the game. And if we don't see that, we always sort of like shrug our shoulders a little bit inside and say, you know what, it's good, but it's not what I, I, I thought about in my head. And, you know, one of my friends... Uh, you know, Ken over at Special One Lit is like, we know we, nothing lives up to expectations. We, the games are always better inside our heads. And that is true. We are ultimately, all of us who follow this hobby too closely, we are ultimately always disappointed in what the offering is. Uh, because, you know, uh, you know, some nothing short of like a ball levitating, which just won't do it for us. But my takeaway on all of this, just to put a little bow on this episode, is that Willy Wonka is out, reviews will continue to roll in, streams will now happen much more frequently, and you out there, jump on the machine, play the machine, make up your own opinion about the game, okay? I still think the game is going to sell very, very well for Jersey Jack. I don't think it's going to be a sales flop. I still think 95% of people who buy these pinball games... They are not on pin side. They don't care about code. They don't even, all they want is something that looks pretty, which the game does. They want something that lights up, which the game does. They want something that sounds fun, which the game does. It has everything that a casual pinball buyer wants. It will most likely disappoint the diehard pinball enthusiast that wants more. But that is not who this game was designed for. This game was designed for location play and immediate gratification for the casual pinball buyer, which is the bigger market uh, in terms of buyer base than anything else. It is. It's rich guys with game rooms who just want something to throw in there that looks awesome, that'll make the wife and kids happy. And this game delivers on all of those fronts. So I would take all of this negative reviews from the diehards with a grain of salt because it still was a very smart marketing decision 
to get the Willy Wonka license. Do I think they fumbled it a bit? Yes. Do I think they missed a golden opportunity to lay a golden egg within pinball and create one of the most magical classical pinball machines of all time? Yes. I think they missed that mark. I don't think this game will go down as that. Do I think Pat Lawler has too much control? Absolutely. I don't know why he doesn't understand the formula that made Adam's family so successful. It's kind of missing here. And Pat, you know, again, these old guys, I think it's time for them to some, somewhat retire. I, I think they have the geometry down, but I don't think they have the magic anymore because I, I just don't. I don't. I, I think it's missing. Look at Steve Ritchie. Is it magic in Black Knight? No. You want to call an enhancement a, a, a post an enhancement? It's a post. It's not an enhancement. It's a post. All right, everyone. Have a good weekend. I want to hear from you out there. What do you think? Have I lost all credibility? Well, you no longer listen to Canada's Pinball Podcast. There's a lot of other pinball podcasts out there, uh, you know, but this is, this is how I do the show. And I will never, never hold back on my feelings. And if my feelings change, even though they make me look like a hypocrite, even though they make me look like I lost credibility, I don't care. I remember once like another podcaster, he's no longer doing the show with his co-host, used to like, oh, he says this, he says Batman sucks and he buys it. Like tried to paint me as a hypocrite as a flip-flopper. No, I'm a human being. My opinions change on a game. And you know what? I'm never going to like not say if my opinion changes because I might upset uh, the manufacturer or or it makes me look like, you know, I changed my mind. So I changed my mind. Now, am I still in on Wonka? For now, I am. Because uh, I want to see what happens. But come the fall, if it remains the way it is, I'm just going to roll over my $1,000 and, and put it down on like Guns N' Roses or Toy Story. I mean, that's it's a refundable deposit. There's like absolutely no reason why I can't just keep it there, right? It means absolutely nothing. I can get it back at any time. Everyone, have a great day. Send me your feedback at canadapinball at gmail.com and I will read on the air what your thoughts are on Willy Wonka. Let's do a show that's all about your feedback. Are you? And for those of you who want to donate to Patreon, it's Canada Pinball at Patreon. All right, everyone, awesome weekend. We'll chat soon. You're breaking my heart. Stood in the rain You're always crazy 